Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we're going to discuss Heart Month at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System and check in with the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Network for 2023. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. Our state's Yellow Ribbon Networks are an incredible resource as we work to connect service members, veterans, military families, employers, and communities. They help ensure the resilience of those who serve. Started right here in Minnesota, our Yellow Ribbon program is now the model for networks across the nation. Since we proclaimed our first Yellow Ribbon Network in 2008, hundreds more have emerged in counties, cities, communities, and at companies statewide. These self-sustaining networks draw together agencies, community leaders, and volunteers. They strive to support the service members, veterans, and military families of any age and from any era that live and work in their area. The continued growth and improvement of this program are vitally important as service members and their families continue to adapt to increasing demands and training requirements as we see across the force. To all of our incredibly generous and dedicated Yellow Ribbon volunteers, thank you. Your help ensures our service members and their families remain resilient and ready to serve. If you are ready to join the Yellow Ribbon Network near you or make your large company or community Yellow Ribbon, please visit mnbtyr.ng.mil. That's mnbtyr.ng. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. February is American Heart Month, and joining us today to talk about that is Brianne Lockery, who is a nurse practitioner in the Department of Cardiology at the Minneapolis VA, and she specializes in heart failure. And Brianne, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you for having me. I can assume, I'm assuming that you specialize not in heart failure, but in preventing or treating heart failure. All of that. All of that. That's good. <laughs> can you tell us, uh, you're a nurse practitioner, uh, where did you go to school? How long does it take to become a, a nurse? And how long did it take you to, to learn about this specialty? Oh, that's a great question. So um, I've been a nurse for 16 years. I grew up in Denver, Colorado. So I actually got my original bachelor's in nursing um, in Colorado and then um, I became a nurse and I started taking care of cardiac patients from the get-go. I just found them to be super interesting. And there's multiple things that happen alongside cardiac problems. And so um, the more I got into it, the more I learned. And um, I was working in transplant cardiology as well as heart failure and um, decided that it was time to just go back to school and, and find out how I can help manage more and um, got my master's at the University of Colorado. And um, from there, I had wanted to stay working in heart failure and transplant cardiology. So I ended up at Madison, and that was where I was for three years. And then the pandemic happened, and we decided we wanted to be with family. So my husband's um, siblings all live here in the, the Twin Cities. And so we started looking, and I ended up at the VA. So it wasn't my first time taking care of veterans, but it was the first time I became a full-time veteran caregiver. So was the VA on your radar when you were looking? It it was the first thing I looked for. Okay, and uh, you're lucky the Minneapolis VA healthcare system is one of the best in the country. I agree. So you arrived at a good place, and uh, I'm sure with uh, all of the veterans they have out there, there's instances of uh, patients that uh, need some help with uh, with heart failure issues, and... Uh, this is something that I've been kind of working on a little bit myself for years because I have a preventative cardiologist, mm. 
And that's a little bit different than treating people that have already had heart problems, isn't it? It sure is. But, you know, we also, once we have heart disease, we need to keep the bad stuff from happening. And so some of it is still prevention of more to come, but it's also kind of taking a, a look at how are things progressing, what can we fix, what can we try to make a, a difference with before another thing happens. Now, Brianne, I've heard over the years that if you have certain conditions that you might be more susceptible to heart problems, things like high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, those type of things. Is that where the preventative part of this comes in? Absolutely. We start um, thinking about heart disease very early. Nowadays, we even check cholesterol starting at 20 years old. Who would have thought? So we want we want to get ahead of it as soon as we can. So get it, one of the first steps is that, but also looking at blood pressure, just like you mentioned, and then providing for risk factors that are eventually going to build up and, and cause longstanding chronic heart problems. So we hear from, I hear over and over again from my primary care doctor that exercise, diet, take your meds, make sure you're controlling your blood pressure, taking your shots for diabetes, all those things. If we do all of those things right, then maybe I don't have to come to see you for another 20 years. Yeah, that's our, our thought. It's easy to do, isn't it? Well, if you, if you retrain yourself <laughs> and pay attention to your primary care doctor, but I'm assuming that you deal with the primary care doctors quite a bit at the Minneapolis VA, and, and when some of their patients are having issues, do you consult with each other? Do you have to try to figure out what do we do with this person? Absolutely. In fact, there's um, there's a lot of care that is cardiac in nature that primary care uh, providers are the first line. So they see heart patients long before I see heart patients. So they are they're the ones out there um, having these conversations and making sure that they're keeping track of. Do you have your blood pressure taken every year so that you know where you lie on the hypertension spectrum and um, trying to keep those those tests where they should be? long before you have issues. We're speaking with Brianne Lockery from the <laughs> Minneapolis VA on Minnesota Military Radio. Brianne, uh, we want to get into into some of the things that how you help uh, veterans who do have some type of heart failure issue, but I want to go back to that relationship. Uh, maybe I've heard it too many times over decades, but uh, the primary care doctor is always on, let's do this right, let's do this right, let's do that right. And, and even when it comes to like diabetes, uh, you have to control your diet. But the good news, I was told by one primary care doctor, is if you control your eating six days out of the week, then it's Sunday, all of a sudden you've got that nice roast beef and mashed potatoes and gravy. That's okay, so long as you go right back on the straight and narrow the next week, because over the long term, you need to control the blood pressure and you need to control the blood sugars so that they don't do damage to your body and your heart. Would you, you subscribe to that? Absolutely theory? agree. Um, I like to tout that we're not perfect people in any form, so you don't have to be perfect. Progress is important. Well, so gotta, what can I do? And you got to have a little fun once in you a while. You do have to have fun. It's so. part of heart health. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we like that. So is there, how soon should our veterans be thinking about uh, cardiology and their heart health and 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 the other issues they have, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to say right now, yesterday would be a good time. Absolutely. So um, when we start with the basics, which are just like you said, blood pressure, trying to provide for factors such as are you smoking? Are you excessively drinking alcohol? 
Uh, do you have risk factors that may be genetic or they may be lifestyle? These are things that every individual has to consider if they really want to think about what they can do for themselves and their health. So for some of those things like quitting smoking, cutting down on drinking, starting exercising, it's pretty traumatic. It's pretty dramatic to say, I'm going to stop all of that. It's really about one step at a time and getting a little better every day, isn't it? It sure is. I just had a conversation with the truck driver the other day where I said, what is it that you can do? And he said, oh, well, you know, I have to I have to go to the truck stop. I said, okay, well, why not make it five trips back and forth? That's better than one trip. Well, park as far away from the truck mm-hmm. stop as you can. Well, don't slip. Uh, well, don't slip. <laughs> well, sure, wintertime. Yeah. But really, it is about little steps that you're willing to take. Don't make it too big because then you're not going to do it. It, that's that's it. And, and like your truckers, they stop at the truck stop. They want their coffee, probably want that hot beef commercial. <laughs> Maybe they could have something that's just a little easier on their body and just a little one thing at a time. It adds up, doesn't it? It, it always adds up. <laughs> so start, take a step, mm-hmm. cut back on something. Think about walk, what you're willing to do. Walk around the block if that's mm-hmm. all, all the further you can do, but do it once or twice a day. Yeah. And just start working yourself into better shape and think about what kind of shape you might have been in when you graduated from high school. How about that? <laughs> You're <Yeah>. smiling. <laughs> I'm never going to be a marathon runner, but man, I have. I also have to get up every day and decide what am I going to do because I it, it really is worth it. Well, little steps, and I've learned over the last 50 years that they add up and, and you can be a little better and a little better. And in my case, I wanted to be around to watch my grandchildren graduate from college. And it's a pretty good motivating factor. So find something you want to do and find a reason to get better and get out there and get to work. And I'm assuming you're 100% on with that. For sure. Rianne, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about heart health and heart month on the Minnesota Military Radio. We're speaking with Brianne Lockery from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been speaking with Brianne Lockery who is a nurse practitioner at the in the Department of Cardiology at the Minneapolis VA, and she specializes in heart failure issues. And uh, Brianne, uh, February, Heart Month, what's that mean? Well, so um, back during Lyndon B. Johnson's um, tenure, heart, um, heart Month became a thing. So every January 31st, the president designates the month of February to be Heart Month. All the way back to LBJ. LBJ, yes. So thank goodness. So every February we get on board and we start talking about heart health because one in two Americans have heart disease in some form. What does that mean, that one in two have heart disease? That means a lot of us are walking around with heart disease, whether we know it or not. So kind of scary to think every other person has a bad ticker. It is scary, but think of how many people of us or how many of us can get together and think about what we can do. Well, I think that should scare a lot of our listeners <laughs> into saying, go and see their primary care doctor and say, how's my heart, doctor? What do I need to do here? Yeah, there's uh, that is a, that's a big deal. So knowing what your risk is, is, is part of being able to decide what you want to do and how you want to do it. So... Um, One of the first things you can do is know your risk, which means knowing what your cholesterol is, what your blood pressure is, and also what your BMI is. And from there, we can have a discussion about what is your risk of actually having a heart attack or some other form of heart disease. Well, let's start out by talking about blood pressure. How important is that, and and is that the, the first factor you look at? 
it's the it's one of the first factors because blood pressure and when it's high, which is for most adults until they they get up in their elderly years, that's uh, the top number is their systolic blood pressure, and that's actually when the heart is doing the work. It's doing the hard squeeze, and so if your blood pressure is over 130, that's considered high. And so we're not talking about one blood pressure. We're talking about over time. And after years of having higher heart, uh, excuse me, higher blood pressures, uh, the more that damage happens. It's actually the silent killer. Most people do not have symptoms that they have high blood pressure. It's not until it's too late that we start to see um, the effects of years of high blood pressure that's uncontrolled. So if you have high blood pressure, you don't know it, goes on for years and years, then your heart's just pounding away and it's getting all this kind of back pressure from because it's, it's working too hard? Yeah, it's working and, too hard. It starts getting bigger. It's dysfunctional. We then also open ourselves up to things like having stroke, blindness, kidney disease, poor circulation in our legs and having wounds and not being able to feel our feet. So these these all... All have something to do with the heart, and it's our whole body. So, so a lot it's of not really, just the heart. A lot of really bad things can happen over a long period of time. Yeah. So because your blood pressure is too high. Correct. So what do you do about it? How do you find out if you have it, and then what do you do about it? Well, so once a year, every adult should know what their blood pressure is running. So if that begins with your annual exam, or you go and you check your blood pressure at your local CVS or you um, just happen to have a blood pressure cuff that your your aunt is using, any of those things, they work. Um, so knowing where you stand with your blood pressure is step one. And sometimes I think they have uh, some spots down at the Minnesota State Fair where you can get your blood yeah, pressure checked. Yeah, yeah. And if it's high, they'll probably say, you're a little high, maybe you should go talk to your doctor. Yeah, and so usually we don't see just one number, but if you, if you start with having a higher number, um, meaning over that 130, then we need to make sure that we recheck. And whenever we check, we want to make sure that we make it the optimal con- conditions. So you want to be resting. You don't want to just walk across, go pick up a cuff, put it on, and then take your blood pressure. You need to sit down, put both feet on the ground, make sure that you put your arm about a um, table level or heart level, get your, your blood pressure cuff going, and um, and then you can say that that's probably an accurate blood pressure. Um, And then by the time that you take another one and another day or another time or another office visit, we now have two high blood pressures. Then we start saying, okay, we need to think about the fact that you've demonstrated that your blood pressure is elevated. What are some things that you can do to bring your your blood pressure down long before we have to think about medications, losing weight, um, stop smoking, all these other things that really we want to put off (laughs) because they're difficult to think about. Um, so at that time, that's definitely um, our salt intake or sodium intake per day is recommended to be about two gra- 2,000 milligrams per day. We're speaking with Brianne Lockery from the Minneapolis VA Medical Center on Minnesota Military Radio. Uh, Brianne, I want to throw in a quick story. About 30 years ago, mm-hmm. I went in for a, a treadmill test so that my doctor could check my high blood pressure. And about two minutes into it, my blood pressure went so high, he, he shut it down. Mm-hmm. He told me to go home and walk an hour a day for 30 days and come back. <gasps> Scared me. I did it. When I came back, he took it up to the top on that treadmill test and everything was fine. Yeah. And I've been walking so, ever since. But that's proof that walking an hour a day. He didn't say go fast. He just said go walk for an hour a day and come back. Yeah. It proved to me that that type of exercise can help your heart and can help you live better. 
that one moment in time, it wow. had an effect. Yeah, so we know that if you lose 5 to 10 pounds, um, your blood pressure can actually come back down to normal. That's not as bad as thinking about 60 pounds. So it's it's all where you start. Knowing that you have high blood pressure is step one. Then we can talk about what do we need to do. And the, and the doctor can help you come up with some ideas on cut back on the salt, exercise a little bit, lose a little weight, mm-hmm. uh, do some of these things, and let's get this under control so that over a period of time your your heart can rest. And, of course, that should equate to probably going to live longer and, and probably going to feel better for most of those years. Yeah, that's the thing is we, we first think about what we're losing or what we're putting forth, but, in fact, you actually gain a lot from moving more and having ha- um, a, a happier outlook and feeling better as you try to just do the regular things in life. Really, what we know is that people want to just do the things like going and picking up their grandkids, going to a basketball game once in a while, sitting down and having Thanksgiving dinner together. These are all the things that can happen because you do little steps. And after you walk on a regular basis, if you mm-hmm. skip it for a couple of days, you just don't feel good. You've got to get back out and get it done. <laughs> That's correct. Question for you. we just got about three minutes left. Uh, if heart disease runs in your family, mm-hmm. are we a lost cause? Absolutely not. I have had so many patients who have thought that they, they were done. They've already had it happen. Why not just, just sail on into the, into the sunset? And the answer is actually we're dynamic beings. So with your healthcare providers, we have a lot of ways to help you um, get longevity and help you get back to, so that you can get the most function out of your body. Um, but you are not a lost cause. Just because you have a genetic disposition or just because you have had something happen, the idea is that we can help you get back on track and be, be the best you. And a follow-up question, if you've had some form of heart failure, is it over or can it's you walk over. your way back into health? It's not over. So um, one, of the, one of the situations I like to think about is um, people can have some arrhythmias that happen. And um, when we get those arrhythmias controlled, what can happen is that your heart function actually gets better. So right away, it's not just a one-second piece of information. It's actually how do things go over time and, and how do we recover and, and work on getting to the, to the best side, better side of things. So there's no time for this, woe is me, my family, mm. this is a problem, I can't talk to your doctor, get to work, you can work your way out of this and still have some fun. That's right. I'll still be there to say, woe is you. <laughs> woe is you. <laughs> and, and you'll get the whip out and say, come on, let's go. And then go. I'll say, okay, let's, let's think about what we can do. So if our listeners, we've got about a minute left, if our listeners have questions about their heart month, heart health, uh, family, the way they feel, uh, what do they do? Well, um, first of all, I'm representing many people at the VA that are working with the Division of Cardiology. So if you've already established in cardiology or are thinking about it, please make sure that you voice that you want to know other ways to, to get some ideas to help yourself. But we have cardiac rehab. We have physical therapy physical therapy and occupational therapy. We have so many divisions of cardiology that are able to take care of almost all of your cardiovascular needs. But step one is definitely your primary care provider. They oh. have they have the, the, the keys to the door to unlock anything else you need. Um, and then for websites, um, there is heart.org, which is American Heart Association. There are patient resources as well as provider resources there. Yeah, and if all else fails, just get a hold of the Minneapolis VA Medical Center and say, I got a problem. I need to talk to somebody, and, and uh, we'll see what we you, can do. You will get an answer. 
Very good. And, and I'm glad you said start with your primary care doctor mm-hmm. because that's, that is the door to everything. Marianne, it's uh, been a pleasure talking to you today. I want to thank you for taking the time to come visit us at the studio. Thank you for me as well. That was Brianne Lockery, a practical or a nurse practitioner from the Department of Cardiology at the Minneapolis VA on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Networks here in Minnesota. Well, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. Uh, in this segment, we're going to talk to the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Network for 2023 and see what's up uh, going on there. But before we do that, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. February is Black History Month, and I want to take a moment to honor all African-American veterans, those serving today and those who have served throughout history. African-Americans have played a significant role in our military history over the past 300 years, despite adversity and limited opportunities. Veterans of every race, color, and creed have strengthened our country, and diversity makes us stronger as a nation. Join me in celebrating Black History Month by honoring the significant contribution African Americans have made to our state and country. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. The mission of Beyond the Yellow Ribbon is to establish and sustain a comprehensive community and corporate support network that connects and coordinates agencies, organizations, and resources to meet the needs of Minnesota military veterans, service members, and families in all military branches. And here today to uh, talk about the uh, Yellow Ribbon Networks of Minnesota are Taylor, Christoph, Jones, and Sean Powell. Uh, Taylor and Sean, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Taylor, I want to start with you. I understand uh, you have a connection to the United States Navy. I do. I married into the Navy. I was a military wife, Navy wife for about 15 years and uh, know what it's like to follow a husband to a new duty station. And in my case, he would be deployed to a ship and I would be trying to figure out all the resources on my own in the new city. So that really drew me to this project because of the support that they give to those military spouses who I think sometimes can be somewhat invisible when we focus so strongly on our veterans and our service members. And really, that's one of the greatest things we can do for them is to let them know that the families that they have are in good hands while they're gone. So you've actually lived the part when your husband was deployed and you were home alone taking care of the family and doing all the work of two people. All the work of two people in a new state. So, um, you know, here in Minnesota, people are very grounded and have relatives that go back generations. And so to move here and not have that support network in place um, was really, you know, one of the reasons I fell in love with the state was I found those resources here that we didn't in other states we lived in. And and I'm just so grateful that I found this state and I'm now happy to be a resident. You must have thought what an opportunity when you got a chance to be the corporate outreach coordinator for Beyond the Yellow Ribbon. Yes, yes. I was really excited. I'm very, I think you'll hear in my voice, I'm really passionate about helping people and serving people. And this was just such a great opportunity to get in there and meet people, meet companies and, you know, really find ways to bring those two agencies together and connect companies with employees and connect, you know, our community services with these family members. So, Very good. And Sean, uh, I understand that you are the new Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Outreach Coordinator for the southern part of Minnesota, uh, and you're an Army Sergeant? I am, yes. I'm with the 1 in the 194 Armored Regiment. And I understand uh, uh, you're the Religious Affairs Non-Commissioned Officer with the Minnesota National Guard. Uh, 
Are you are you lining up and trying to become a chaplain someday? <laughs> it's not in the plan, but uh, I would consider it. Uh, well, it, there's a lot of great chaplains in the Minnesota uh, National Guard Chaplain Corps. So yeah. take a look at those guys. Tell me, uh, what attracted you to be on the Yellow Ribbon? I first learned about the Minnesota National Guard Family Program through working at JFHQ. Joint headquarters. So you learned yeah. about it over there and you were interested in it and the, the Correct. job posted and you Correct. said, let's try this. Yes. And I had uh, I worked with uh, Child and Youth Services for a couple months and I learned about Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, how this opportunity and they wanted to revive the B2IR organizations. Okay, so we're trying not to use acronyms. I didn't tell you that before. So sure. coming to Taylor. By the way, we're speaking to uh, Taylor, Christoph Jones, and Sean Powell about the uh, Yellow Ribbon Program here in Minnesota. And Taylor, uh, this program, when it started many years ago, was there to help support the families when, when, our, when our service members are deployed. And sometimes that was mowing the lawn or shoveling snow or just stopping to see that uh, spouse that was home alone and maybe have a cup of coffee and, and say, what can we do for you? How can we help? I'm sure those basics are still there. The need for that is still there, isn't it? They are. And so we have in the family programs that Sean mentioned, we have people that are specifically assigned to help those families uh, when their spouses are deployed. The Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program is there to help them when their spouses are getting ready to leave as well as when they return. And then we on the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon side, we're here to kind of build that community for them to support them. Um, whether they're serving, whether they've retired, um, or whether they're military connected as a spouse or a dependent. So we work with family programs in conjunction. On my side, we bring in the companies who can provide, like you said, sponsorships, but ideally they provide jobs. And that's what, you know, we found that just about any challenge that you have is a lot easier to face if you're gainfully employed. And so that's where we really look on the corporate side to make them companies that recognize the the benefits of hiring service members and also the challenges facing those service members so that they can create, you know, a really great workplace that's going to, you know, recruit, retain, and recognize our military-connected community out there. And when our, when our companies become yellow ribbon companies, one of the things that they commit to is, is to hiring veterans. And a lot of that goes back uh, over the history of this show, 13, 14 years we get people coming back from deployments, and there's a certain number of them that need jobs because the place they left, maybe they didn't have a job when they left, or maybe their job is, is no longer available, unfortunately. So uh, this this string of yellow ribbon companies, and I think there are 75, 80 of them, all out there committed to hiring uh, the veterans. Uh, the the idea was now we've got a place to go. you know, got somewhere that's warm. They want to hire veterans. They've made that commitment. Uh, that's got to be really helpful to our uh, deployed troops coming home. It does. And I know, um, you know, it's it's people and partnerships. People first and then partnerships is our second goal. And um, with these companies that we're working with, they are partnered in turn with uh, the Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development, also known as DEED. Um, and so they have special people within that agency. We call them um, LVERs. And they, um, I'm sorry, I don't know what the full title is, but I know that specifically they're going to be working with veterans to um, help them with job skills, to help them with resumes. And then they partner with companies in the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon program to teach those people what to look for in a resume, to give them opportunities for interviews 
internships, for mentor programs. So they're really bringing those two sides together, the companies that are looking to support and hire veterans and service members, and they're also working with the actual service members. Very good. Sean, I want to come back to you. Uh, when we introduced you, we said that you were uh, taking care of the uh, networks, the cities for southern Minnesota. Do you have a, a comparable uh, a partner that takes care of the north side or the north side of Minnesota? Definitely, yeah. Stephanie Hurt uh, works out of Camp Ripley. She covers all of the northern part of Minnesota. and uh, But we actually, we talk a lot and we're always... Uh, collaborating and talking about hot topics for our communities and networks. As a new Yellow Ribbon uh, Outreach Coordinator, uh, I know that when Annette Kuyper was there, she started, I think, as many as 200 of these cities or counties in this. Uh, you've got a lot of people to meet and, and a lot of people to follow up with yes. to, just to kind of catch up. We are trying to revive uh, a lot of these beyond the yellow urban communities, and a lot of them feel that they don't have enough support, and so that's what we want to entrust in them and know that they have our support and they have our partnership in whatever they need to help these military families. So, Sean, some of those beyond the yellow urban networks that are cities or counties started over a decade ago, and, and some of those people move, some of them move on to other things they want to do. So you've got to kind of rejuvenate that program and, and get them back involved because we still have people deployed and they're still coming home and their families still need help. Absolutely. And so I, I assume you're uh, working through each of those communities, reconnect with all of those people, find out what they need and how you can help them breathe some new life into that. Yes. You've got a big job, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you. I'm excited. I hope you and Stephanie are, are up for it. Uh, a lot of work to do there. Uh, Taylor, uh, Sean, we have to take a short break. When we can come back, we're going to talk more about the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Network here in Minnesota. Please stay with us. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Taylor Christoph Jones, who is a Corporate Outreach Coordinator for Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and uh, Sean Powell, who is the uh, Southern Minnesota Outreach Coordinator for the uh, City and County Networks. And, Sean, I want to come to you. I understand you've got... Uh, some type of an event coming up in May up at Camp Ripley. Yeah, we have the Joining Community Forces um, on May 12th, and it's going to be at Camp Camp Ripley. And we that's going to be an opportunity where all of our Beyond the Yellow Ribbon communities, networks, um, can learn more about um, what it takes to be a Beyond the Yellow Ribbon and how different military um, and veteran organizations have more opportunities for these uh, communities, how they can um, get involved and support the, the military families. So this is for our, <coughs> excuse me, our Yellow Ribbon Network from all over the state, and it's going to be you and Stephanie up at Camp Ripley. Yes. Bring them all in, introduce them to resources, uh, show them uh, what needs to be done, and, and uh, kind of trade ideas and stories about how they've helped military families. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a huge networking opportunity for all of the communities and um, veteran organizations. Okay, one follow-up question. If we've got some communities out there that maybe aren't Yellow Ribbon yet, uh, can they come up and, and find out what this is all about? Of course. Yeah, that that's actually the best uh, opportunity for them to learn all about and be on the Yellow Ribbon. Okay, and if there's some uh, of our listeners out there in those communities that aren't Yellow Ribbon, how do they find you? They can go on uh, Minnesota National Guard's website under the Resources tab. There would be information there about your May 12th event? Yes. 
Okay, very good. So all of our listeners out there, if you're not already Yellow Ribbon, go to the uh, go to that website, check on it, sign up for May 12th. And for all of you that are Yellow Ribbon, marshal your forces and get up there and, and see Sean and Stephanie, and uh, they'll bring you up to date on all the new things that are happening. Correct. Very good. Now, Taylor, yes, I understand for the corporations, and there's lots of them that we've signed up over the years, you're going to have a, a corporate event for them as well. We are, yes. So this will be my first conference as a Beyond the Ribbon Outreach Coordinator. It's going to be at Allianz Life Insurance in Golden Valley, and it will be on Thursday, April 13th, 2023. Um, we just sent out our save the date to all of our companies, and we're going to be hopefully getting our registration open within the next 30 days, um, as well as getting an agenda out for everybody to see what's going to be on the platform. It will run, I believe, between 8 and 12. We don't have specific times Um down yet, but we will have that information shortly, and we will put it onto our website as well. Now, Allianz Life hosted one of these a few years back, and I was at that meeting that day. They do a marvelous job, and and they're a great yellow ribbon company. They're really dedicated to taking care of their veteran employees, attracting new employees, and uh, the idea of bringing in all of those companies that are already yellow ribbon is so they can trade best uh, best practices and, and learn what everybody else is doing. Exactly. So we really want to start getting them uh, to see themselves as a community as well and start, you know, recognizing that they can share ideas and and really celebrate the work that they do. And that's what we hope to accomplish at this conference, as well as recognize some of our key volunteers and some of our agencies and really looking forward to it. So for if there's companies listening that aren't already yellow ribbon companies, are they welcome at this conference? Can they come and find out what's going on? Um, I would say at this point in time, I would have them reach out to me uh, through our um, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon website, um, just because obviously with a with an event in a space that's not ours, I need to make sure that we are in line with like, you know, the capacity that we have. But we certainly would want to talk to anybody who is interested in attending. So I would recommend if you would like to learn more, please reach out to me through our Minnesota National Guard Beyond the Yellow Ribbon. Okay, so when you go to that website, Minnesota National Guard Yellow Ribbon, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, look for Taylor Christoph Jones, and she can uh, uh, send her a note. She'll talk to you about the April 13th conference over at Allianz Life. Should be exciting. And for uh, all of our other listeners uh, in communities, uh, which could, could be cities or counties, there's a lot of counties that are very active. Uh, there's another event up at Camp Ripley on May 12th. If you haven't been to Camp Ripley, this is your chance uh, go on up there and uh, see the uh, one of the best training facilities in the country and learn all about the Yellow Ribbon Program. Taylor and uh, Sean, I want to thank you both for uh, joining us today on Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Tom. It was Taylor Christoph Jones, the Corporate Outreach Coordinator, and Sean Powell was the Outreach Coordinator for the southern part of Minnesota for Beyond the Yellow Ribbon on Minnesota Military Radio. Joining me now is Marty Howes, who is the Roseau County Veteran Service Officer and the President of the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers. Marty, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Great to be here today. Well, it's good to have you in the studio. Most of the time you're calling in or, or we're up north doing a live show from uh, somewhere up around Brainerd. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a treat to be here, that's for sure. Now, it's a pretty exciting time uh, this year. Uh, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs is busy. Uh, they're going to open up a new cemetery, and they're they're working on finishing three new veterans' homes. And I understand you got to to visit one recently. I certainly did. I certainly did. I got to go out to the new veterans' home out there in Bemidji, and uh, 
We've got some some great updates that came out. Uh, found out that they've got about 162 applications as of now, and they're still in construction. And we got to we got a nice little tour. Um, they're and they're making excellent progress. Uh, we've got we got some updates from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs Deputy Commissioner for uh, uh, Healthcare, Mr. Douglas Hughes. And uh, he introduced us, and we also got to meet with the new administrator. Uh, that was Mr. Kevin Geish. And uh, he talked about the, the future opening date, and they're shooting for this fall uh, in August. Uh, this is providing, you know, a construction can stay on task. But, you know, with uh, Montevideo, Preston, and Bemidji, you know, this is historical with all three of them opening up there and uh, 162 applications already. The applications are from veterans who want to move in. Yep, they're ready. They're ready, and they're 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 saying, "Come on, open up those doors, get us in here." You know, sure. we need. You know, we're ready. They're going to have an instant waiting so, list, aren't they? It's already started. It's it's just it's unbelievable. It's really special to have uh, to have that and to have that opportunity. Good news is we can keep those veterans closer to home and closer to their families, so they can come and visit. Uh, Marty, I want to talk to you. I know that your association has been getting out there and talking to people, and you work with a lot of different partners. Roger that. Yes, we do. We do. And uh, one of the one of the key things that we got to do for the first time ever, uh, Greg Peterson, the CVSO from uh, Brown County, he's our legislative director, uh, past president of the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers, and myself serving as the president of the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers, had a unique opportunity to meet with the Veterans and Military Affairs and Finance and Policy Committee. Uh, this was on January 30th at the uh, State Office Building. And we got to talk about what we do as CVSOs our, and our history of 78 years, why it's important what we do. And we gave them um, some examples, you know, you know, Typically, you know what we're referred to as in the in the business of veteran services as uh, you know we're boots on the ground as far as we're the first guys that are typically seeing these veterans when they're coming in looking for benefits and uh, and to get out there and 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 show that and you know our association isn't just about educating the CVSOs within but educating everybody around us too of what we can do and and how we can help and how we can make a difference in the veterans of uh, Minnesota. So you got a chance to go over to the state capitol and meet with some of those folks. I understand uh, you and Greg are taking a little road trip. Yeah, yeah. in fact, we are. Greg and I are heading out on uh, this coming uh, weekend, and we're going to head on out to Washington, D.C., and we're going to meet with some legislators there, and we're going to discuss upcoming bills and we're we're also looking to generate support for current needs that uh, federally can be provided to the state of Minnesota that can maybe help our veterans out in that. You know? So it's not just state, local, and state; it's federal, and and uh, you're following up and asking for help for our veterans. Exactly, exactly. In all aspects, in any aspect that we can, anything that we can do to get those uh, to get support for our veterans out there, we're gonna we're gonna get them out there. And you guys still have a plenty, a lot of county veteran service officers and. If our veterans need uh, to do something like put in an application to be covered under the PACT Act, uh, you've got plenty of folks back here in Minnesota to take care of that. Yep, we've we've got another 150 CVSOs all around the state that are more than willing. The pens are sharp and the paper's ready, and you know, come on in. The doors open and the 
heats on. And our veterans can go <laughs> see any one of them in any county. You bet. Just you find bet. one you like and stay with them. <laughs> yeah. Marty, we got uh, about a minute or so left. I hear there was a fundraiser that happened recently in Fargo. What was going on there? Yeah, the Kind of a unique uh, fundraiser that went on here. This was on the 21st of January. It's called the Below Zero Hero, and uh, it was it was exceptionally uh, cool out. It was about 12 to 14 degrees, and it was an annual motorcycle run. And what it did is, is it generated funds, uh, non-discretionary funds that were provided to the uh, Fargo VA to uh, to help homeless veterans. Very so, good. We got to get rid of those. So, we got to get everybody a home and a door and. Get them safe. Get them back to work. No. You know, yeah, exactly. And these things that are out there, you know, even even if you're not a CVSO, but you're a veteran, you want to get out and help. You know, there's there's all kinds of things that are going on. Whether it's through your service organizations or fun runs or things like this that are out there, get out there, be a part of something, and make a difference. Help your brothers and sisters out. You know. So anything veteran related, go see your county veteran service officer. Bring them your DD two fourteen. Get registered. They're there to help. Marty, I want to thank you for stopping by the studio. Thank you, and thank you very much for having me. You're welcome, sir. That was Marty Howes, the Roseau County Veteran Service Officer and the President of the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers. We're just about out of time. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Brianne Lockery from the Minneapolis VA, Sean Powell and Taylor Christoph Jones from Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Network, Marty Howes, President of the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers, Commissioner Larry Herkey of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we are sending Doug Wortham on assignment to Norway to cover the 50th anniversary of the Norwegian Exchange Program with the Minnesota National Guard. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at Minnesota Military. MilitaryRadio.com.